0: it will work out it really will you just it's just a matter of time and you have so much time and there's so many different things you can do you know it's uh, plenty of time yeah god i'm so wise <laughs> <laughs> god god damn aren't you lucky <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Opening Credits Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on the people behind the scenes of your favourite films and TV shows. In this podcast, we'll meet the people behind the design, who create for both fake worlds and the real world. We'll chat to film professionals about their experiences in the industry, their unique contribution to movie making, and how they apply their craft beyond the world of entertainment. Go behind the scenes of your favourite films and TV shows like never before, and meet the people who until now have been hidden in the credits. Hello and welcome to the Opening Credits Podcast. My name is Stephen Nutley. Thanks for joining me. If this is your first time listening, then you may not know that this podcast is part of the larger Opening Credits platform, which connects creatives from the film and TV industry with clients and collaborators. So please do find out more at openingcredits.net, where you can also join our mailing list to receive regular updates about what's going on across the platform. Now, if you're not new here, you may have heard on the previous episode... That we'll be doing an audience Q&A with this week's guest. So a big thank you to everyone who took part in that and sent your questions in. If you have a question you'd like to ask a film creative, be sure to follow our Instagram at opening credits and keep an eye out for the Q&A post, which we'll be sharing again later this week. On today's episode, my guest is Laura Whitehouse, a designer who, in her own words, juggles two very excellent balls branding work for real-world clients and creating graphic props for shows produced by Paramount, Netflix, the BBC and Disney. Laura discusses her on-screen work for films and TV shows, including Dungeons & Dragons, The Princess Switch 3 and a secret upcoming Marvel show. Laura also tells us how she became somewhat of a poster specialist between film projects and stick around to the end when Laura gives her honest answers to your questions. Hi, Laura.
0: Hi, hello.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on.
0: No problem. Happy to be here. Always happy. I think when you first reached out to me, I said, always happy to do anything that kind of helps people get into film or know how to get into film. Yeah. Because it can be quite an elusive elusive thing to, to try and step into.
1: Yeah, it seems to be that way. So how did you go about getting into graphic design for film?
0: Um, I didn't know that graphic design for film was a thing until... When was it it was about four years ago now and i think i was following annie atkins as i think most people do
1: i was gonna say she's gonna see annie atkins
0: isn't she yeah
1: absolutely um (laughs) talk another one up annie
0: hey strikes again jesus christ that woman (laughs) (laughs) um i saw her and i thought oh she she saw that's what she ran these workshops in dublin and i thought oh i'll I know I'll treat myself and I'll save up and I'll go on a course because I'll take myself on a little solo holiday and I can see if I like it or not. Um, I went and it, it was just really great. It was so good. Um, so that's when I just made my own portfolio, made some props and then just lightly harassed people for months, just really bothered them <laughs> to get any work whatsoever.
1: Um, Did it work?
0: Yes, right before COVID, I got uh, an internship at on his Dark Materials. Mm. But as I stepped off the train in Wales, I've never been to Wales before. It was literally—I put one foot off the train, my phone rang, and it was the coordinator from his Dark Materials saying, "You're not in Wales yet, are you? <laughs> because we've shut the whole production down, and everyone's going home no, because no. of COVID." <laughs> so. <laughs> It worked. um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) However, (laughs)
0: however.
1: (laughs) life had other plans. Exactly. Mm. It seems to be the way that most people who've done this type of work, myself included, didn't even know it existed beforehand. I mean, I remember first hearing about it and thinking, graphic designers work on films?
0: (laughs) I have no Um, clue. It's really kept under wraps, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, until now.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> hey! Opening credits, available on all good <laughs> streaming platforms.
1: <laughs> so, after a bit of a rocky start, you got there in the end. Um, can you tell us a bit about some of your film work?
0: Um, well, so I did Temple, which is out. Um, and then I worked on The Princess Switch 3 up in Edinburgh, uh, which... I don't know if you've seen, it's a cracker of a film. It's yeah. <laughs> the third um, one in particular.
1: <laughs> I can't really win here because either I say no and I look like I've not done enough research for my <laughs> guest or I say yes and I've watched all three Princess Smith films.
0: I think there's, I, what I realised when I was doing that was that there's something quite nice about doing that. You know, when you're making a set for a really Christmassy, jolly film, it's a nice, it's an interesting way of working. Also, it means you get like a five-month Christmas. So that's, oh, that's
1: true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah and then on, after that, I did Dungeons and Dragons, which obviously isn't out yet. Um, but yeah, and then I came back to London. I'm, I'm on a Marvel job, and that does that's not out until next year.
1: Can you talk about that yet? No, at all. <laughs> I
0: can't. And I warned you.
1: <laughs> I will <laughs>
0: cave. I will cave like a pile of.
1: Can cave you can things. you say what it is? Can you say what it is?
0: I don't know. I don't
1: know. So it's a secret.
0: It's a secret. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Aha.
0: Ah. <laughs> I see <it>
1: <laughs> But, you know, I guess if you wanted to find out what it was, you can go would- to Laura's website.
0: You can, yeah.
1: IMDB, and then it's not so secret.
0: <laughs> like all of the cast and crew are listed there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you didn't. You
1: didn't say what it was
0: no <laughs> so secret
1: <laughs> so you mix your tv work with your freelance work for branding and events yeah what would you say is your ratio for design for the film world yeah and design for the so-called real world
0: yeah I, I always call it the real world and it just makes me feel a bit like a child when I say that <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, but I don't know what else to call it um so when I'm on a full-time film job I'm normally doing another 10-20% a week on freelance projects um just that ones that are wrapping up or little ones I tend to try not to take on anything massive because it just isn't the time yeah and then outside of that when I'm not on a film job I'll just 100% work for myself it's a nice way to balance your time and means you're kind of less reliant on finding out what jobs are coming up and doing all that
1: so you managed to actually do some branding work at the same time like during a film project
0: yeah I really try not to I really try not to and um, I think it's just I love design and in a to a really embarrassing degree and it doesn't really feel like work and so when I'm doing it's what I would be spending my free time doing anyway um and so evenings or weekends I'll be doing a little bit of stuff especially like with theatre work um I do a lot of posters for comedians and for the fringe and I love doing that it's It's a really creative, nice outlet with fun people and it's not that time consuming and it's a nice way to kind of keep your skills kind of sharpened. That's a wanky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's a different kind of work. It's more of a creative outlet than than work
0: yeah and I'm 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 not saying that I get home and I'm like crack on with another eight hour day let's get this party started (laughs) (laughs) um it's just if someone approaches me with a really fun lovely little project that's gonna you know that's no pressing deadlines and you know we need a theatre poster in two months time but it's a bit of back and forth um I find it really nice to spend a bit of time at the weekend doing that or you know an hour in the evening if I finish early or get home on time yeah. um, as well I think the more you freelance the more you get used to identifying red flags in clients and projects that are going to be more difficult than others or might be a bit like more emotionally draining like if mm. and I think just steering clear of those really helps if it's a nice person and it's a nice project it's very easy to kind of do a little bit here and there when you have the time
1: yeah what would be some of those red flags
0: um this is not turning into me slagging off clients <laughs> <laughs> it's, look maybe they're not red flags I think these these flags are more than just give us their names
1: <laughs> just come on just tell us who they are <laughs> name and shame
0: like, you know from right off the bat there's a little feeling you get in like your stomach where you're like oh I think this might be a bit of a tricky one and sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't and if yeah. they're really nice people and it's a really calm kind of nice project to do then it is just sharpening skills for when you're on a job uh, and it won't yeah. feel like work that's how i that's how i find it anyway
1: yeah and you're you're kind of like a specialist i'd say in like poster design for like your theater stuff and, and comedy yes um how did you how did you get into that is that what came first and then the film stuff came second
0: yeah so I so I did archaeology and anthropology at university which is very strange. Um, I to this day don't have an answer about why I did that but it it was very interesting and I really enjoyed it but I loved doing graphic design and I did that on the side basically um, at my university which didn't offer any design courses. So all of the things that the students were doing like plays and events and stuff they didn't have they couldn't approach the design students because there weren't any to design their posters and things. Yeah. So I started doing posters for student things when I was a student, just kind of, you know, for free and then for a tenner or a fiver or whatever, a free ticket, whatever was going, but just, I didn't even think of it at that point as a career because I thought, well, I've, I've made my archeology span bed and I need to lie in that, in, in that muddy bed. Um <laughs> <laughs> but then I had a friend that was really really encouraging and basically said oh, you know I'll set your whole website let's start taking this a bit more seriously shall we um and I'm so grateful to him for that um I, so I got into it through poster design but that led to meeting lots of lovely people and mentors that it's just basically one person taking a chance on me after another um which is also, how I got into film, um, but that love of like poster design has stuck with me, and particularly working with comedians uh, for the fringe, uh, just because they have tiny budgets, but they are absolutely lovely to work with, and super creative, and as I imagine, very funny, and you just have really lovely meetings, and you get to see all their shows, and it's a really nice encouraging environment to be in um, as a creative, because when you're doing a couple of different concepts for a poster, they'll often go for the one that's the most outlandish or the brightest or the boldest, which is great because I love doing stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Cool people to work for. Yeah. So would designing posters for movies be something you'd want to move into?
0: I've done, I've done a couple of short films. I really love some, like, some movie posters, obviously like the lobster, they uh, is one of my favourite movie posters of all time. You, do you know the one with the cut out people? Uh, I think very, I do know I mean,
1: yeah.
0: Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But I think movie posters tend to be more uh, Photoshopped, which is great and lovely. And I can, you know, do that. But I think the posters I enjoy doing are much more uh, abstract and not arty. It's not art, but it's definitely of a certain style, I guess. And it's selling a show rather than an entire... I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think there are different skills involved and I don't think I have or have an interest in the skills involved in movie posters. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think they're, they're different skills. I don't know why. Just, do you know what I mean?
1: I think I know what you mean, yeah, because movie posters these days, especially recently, seem to be designed in a certain way and can look very similar to each other. And like you say, there are definitely some that I, are better than others.
0: you just reminded me of like, the other day. Have you seen the poster for The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? Um, no. I haven't seen the film, but it's worth you having a Google because Melissa, <laughs> I read an article purely about this poster, basically saying, I know Melissa McCarthy. I like Melissa McCarthy. And that is not Melissa McCarthy's face. And they've just photoshopped her. So within like an inch of her life.
1: <laughs> She's, oh, really?
0: Her face is like one smooth peach blob. and <laughs> Her <laughs> <laughs> <Our laughs> eyes have been delicately placed on top of the blob. It's, it's the heat. I'd have a look. Oh, you. Okay. Yeah. Very good.
1: (laughs) On the subject of bad movie posters, Jemba the Tomb Raider remake. Yes. With Alicia Vikander. And then she's like looking over her shoulder. And for some reason, I don't know how or why they've done it, but her neck is (laughs) elongated. She looks like a (laughs) velociraptor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's also, I've seen so many criticisms of arms in movie posters because in so many movie posters, characters have an arm that bends like backwards because no one's... There's too many explosions and there's not enough sensical limbs. It's really...
1: <laughs> we could start we could start a podcast just about this.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so so movie posters, no. I don't I don't have the creativity to make someone's neck that long. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now,
1: yeah. Now that we've suddenly like taken a bit of a deep dive into it, I see how it's like a different <laughs> a different world and you want nothing to do with it, I understand.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Should we do our little Q&A?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I put out a little Q&A post on the Instagram to see if anyone's got any questions they want to ask a film creative such as yourself. Lovely. Uh, And you're the lucky winner because you're the next episode that I've recorded since I put that out. So you get to answer them.
0: Perfect. Can't wait.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, firstly, thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Thank you for uh, being part of the show. The first question is from Dan on Instagram, who asks, uh, do you prefer having a strict brief with a lot of design references already laid out for you? Or do you prefer a project where you have to research and source the references yourself?
0: Um, I would say it depends on who I'm working with, uh, because sometimes a designer will have a very clear idea in their head of what they want to do. A production designer will want a specific thing and if that's the case I love being given references so that I can kind of hit the mark on that and that's the same for like real world work if I'm given a branding job or um, you know mm-hmm. a poster job or anything really it's if they have a clear idea in the head of what they want I'm happy to do that and obviously there's creativity within that but I'd rather do that than kind of circle around things that aren't quite right and try and kind of guess what they're after because that is just a very long-winded process that's quite frustrating I think for everyone um I do prefer that. like if they have a specific idea by all means tell me tell me what you want I will be your mac monkey that is fine but if they don't I do I do really enjoy proposing different ideas uh, because you can go really out of the box with it especially if you're working on fantasy stuff or sci-fi stuff there's no one specific way of doing that like that is literally limitless uh, according if you're developing like a i don't know a ui system for a spaceship that's no way that that doesn't have to specifically look like anything that could be like nothing ever before i don't know if you've seen um is it called severed no is it called severed
1: severance
0: um, severance that's yeah. it um, yeah and the, severance. the screen design for that is phenomenal so yeah. cool like really minimal and kind of a mix of like 80s but also very futuristic and yeah that you can go to places like that if no one has a specific idea in mind um I should really know who did that because it's beautiful um I I want to find out too yeah really cool um but yeah I think I prefer having the freedom but I really respect designers having an a final idea in mind of what they want things to look like and if they do it's important that that's shared I think
1: cool good question Dan. uh next question is from Zomper Design on our on Instagram. Uh, they have asked, "What is the biggest mistake you've made when you've worked on a film or TV show? What do you want to admit to?"
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I was on Temple doing dailies, which was this Mark Strong Sky One show, police station underground drama. We had to do a police station uh, storage facility so there were endless labels and boxes and things to be assembled like thousands and thousands of these things and this being my first paid job in film I was like I am going to put in 120% effort on this I'm going to just handwrite all these fucking labels and I don't know why I did that. Like, what you should do, and now I know, is you do, you know, two sheets and you write on those and then you photocopy them endlessly and then you cut them all out. And then you've got all these stickers. Yeah. What, I, what I instead did was I printed out, like, 2,000 blank stickers, wrote half of them, made my hands like, really unwell, like, I could not write anymore, And then, oh, God, I'm actually... This is actually quite embarrassing divvied them up around the art department for everyone to also write a lot of these labels
1: oh I bet they loved you
0: oh the audacity the confidence (laughs) (laughs) I just and this is just like super background as well like really not necessary and they were all to their credit absolutely lovely about it and you know obliged and had a great time writing them but I just now know how much time that could have been saved And also the mental energy to think about what to write on these stupid labels that are like hidden behind boxes in the background of a shot. Like, it's just there's no need. There's simply no need. Um, (laughs) That's that's the big one. And I do sometimes wake up at night thinking about those stupid stickers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So that's that's not a bad. That's not horrendous.
0: No, i mean if you were talking to me after the things i'm working on it out i have so many more for you but
1: okay (laughs) maybe you can come on again and you can tell us all about them
0: oh yeah we'll get right back to this don't you fret
1: (laughs) (laughs) on the subject of labels this is a good opportunity to talk about your remix of the opening credits logo which our guests kindly make when they come on the show yeah uh and yours uh is a wine label i take it you've made Loads of these sort of wine labels before:
0: Yes, um you make so many, and if you are putting together a portfolio, just just crack them out now because you'll be spending your life doing it, um, and you rarely <laughs> see them. Um, and uh, they're just really fun to do, and often, you know, really background little things. Um, but they're so varied and you can use lots of little fun fonts and little illustrations, and you can make them look really cool as well, because they're so background that you can add a little twist to them, which I really like. Uh, yeah. This one, this one I did for the Princess Switch. It's obviously a slight reworking of it, um, but it was part of that kind of clean, fresh design that that they were going for for that film. Yeah, um, very minimal and kind of nice and sweet. So yeah, I love doing stuff like that.
1: Cool. Well, thanks for making it, and that'll be on our Instagram. So be sure to check it out. Back to the questions. Then yes. our next one is from Chloe on Instagram who asks, um, do you enjoy watching your own work back or are you over it by the time it comes out? (laughs) Because it's like these things last, I guess they last months of like day in, day out working on it. Yeah. Can you bring yourself to watch it after like living it for that long?
0: I think, yeah, when you're doing it and when you're there, you don't see it, how it's actually going to be seen. So it's like kind of someone presenting your work back to you in a completely different way, which is really interesting and i'm definitely not averse like i'm so excited for dungeons and dragons to come out i'm really excited for that going to take my mm. parents my dad doesn't want to go but he's going you know <laughs> dragging him along i'm very excited um dragging him along i'm dragging him along nice <laughs> that's why you're the host of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um i'm really excited for that i found a uh, It's still nice to see how it all comes together because you also do see, as I'm sure your other guests have talked about, but it does what's really good is it puts your work into perspective because you can get really hung up on the details and getting everything right and stressing. And sometimes it can feel like the most stressful thing ever. And then you watch the show and it's literally a flicker or something for a second. And I like that. And I don't, I don't find that demoralizing. I find that really incentivizing because it really emphasizes that the stuff we do is for the actors and it's for the cast to get their mind into it as well as obviously for the screen but it's not you it's very rare you get like a here is a big piece of design that I have done and it just builds the world and I I like that it's comforting for me that yeah that these small things don't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things yeah it's just telly isn't it so it's, it's nice,
1: it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to the next one knowing that it t- kind of takes the pressure off because then you've exactly. got this like, this is going to be the be all and end all of this whole project.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. I am excited to see D&D and I'm excited to see this job I'm on one of the minute.
1: Mm. I think
0: it's not a case of being over it. It's just, um, it's you, it's seeing it in a fresh light, which is really nice.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Right. Last but not least then is a question from Gary on Instagram who has asked, uh, what is one thing you know now that you wish you had heard on a podcast earlier which I guess is like what would you tell a younger version of yourself now if you were listening
0: I would tell her that this job existed for one because I don't <laughs> know start, yeah. I don't know who the fuck decided it was going to be a secret job but it, it does have <laughs> secret. Um, like I used to love Doctor Who as a kid this is very young me and I used to, used to watch the behind the scenes and really want to get into it, but I'm not a very good drawer. And I thought, Oh God, as well, I can't do that. So I'm never going to be doing this. And then it took years and years for me to realize this job existed. So I'd say that, but I would also say that it will, if you really want to get into film and TV and, you know, you've learned a bit about it and you really want to do it. And you kind of feel that like gut. I don't know. When I first heard about it, I kind of had this gut feeling of like, I have to do that. I just have, Mm. it sounds incredible. Um, it will work out. I think if you have that drive and that interest and you're willing to put in the work and contact lots of people and it will be fine. It's not, it can feel like a real closed community, but it's, it's not, you just have to put in the effort to show that you're, that you'll be, you'll, you'll work in that environment and that you will, you won't crumble under the pressure. And and Yeah. yeah. So I think I would tell myself that the job exists and that it will be, it will work out. It really will. You just—it's just a matter of time, and you have so much time, and there's so many different things you can do. You know, um, mm. so yeah, I tell myself to chill out a bit because I think I put a lot of pressure on myself that it wasn't going fast enough. But yeah. it's uh, plenty of time. Yeah. I'm God. I'm God. I'm so wise. <laughs> <laughs> God. God damn. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> Oh, God. Unbearable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But on that note, you do have some things on your website offering your advice to people looking to get into film, right?
0: Yes. So I have a blog, free blog post on my website just talking about how I got into film and the resources that are available for free. But yeah, there's also an FAQ section on there. And if anything isn't answered on there or you want to email me personally, please do because... Like helping people and it might take me, I don't know, three days to reply, but I will get back to you. <laughs> I will give you, you a, will get a reply. <laughs> you will get a reply. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: oh yeah. What is your your website? Where can they where can you find that?
0: Uh my website is laurawhitehouse.com or dot co uk. I wasn't stingy and I did buy both domains. So nice. <laughs> You know, you're dealing with a pro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just laurenwhitehouse.com and, and there's a little blog on there. Uh, and like I said, an FAQ as well, but my email's in there too. So just shoot me an email if you do have any questions.
1: Nice. Yeah. Get in touch. Get in touch. Laura, thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you very much. It's been lovely.
1: Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. Thanks again for answering the Q&A questions.
0: No problem. All right, have a good day.
1: You too. Speak to you soon.
0: Cheers. Bye.
1: If you'd like to get in touch with Laura, be sure to check out her website. Or if you're a fellow film pro, you can connect with Laura on the Opening Credits Network, our creative community. You can find the links for both in the episode description. Thanks again to everyone who took part in this week's Q&A. And don't forget, you can send your questions for our future guests via our Instagram at opening credits and give us a follow while you're there. So you'll see all of Laura's work that we'll be sharing, including her wine label remake of our logo. If you've enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please do leave us a review on your platform of choice to help us reach the ears of even more film fans. And why not join our mailing list to receive bonus content and special features from across the opening credits platform. As always, thank you for tuning in. See you next time.